right, this is I Like Genius Podcast, recorded the week of September 11th, 2009. I'm your host, James Kennison. Today, we have Dustin McLean. Am I saying that right? Yes, that's right. Hey, all right. This uh, this this is Dustin of, of Dust Films, uh, dustfilms.com, a.k.a. Uh, commonly known, and you folks listening probably know him as the creator of the literal music video series or uh originator as he prefers to be called so um before before we get too much into it um can you define what a literal music video is for folks that may not have a dang clue i think the easiest way is just to say that it's a, a parody of a song that you uh you change the lyrics to describe what's happening in a music video uh very literally and then you uh you you put that on the video and you watch the music video and listen to the song that way. Yeah, they're they're awesome. He's done um he's done at least three or four actually, maybe five. Take on me, head over heels, under the bridge, white wedding, which is one of my favorites, and loser, which was a new one to me, but I I saw that uh, yesterday. Yeah, and they're fabulous. They they basically uh, I love it when I see viral content that captures the imagination of the internet world. And that's exactly what it did. And it made my wife uh, cry laughing. So that's also, <laughs> nice. it's also a great thing. Um, how, how did you uh, come up with the concept for a literal music video? I gotta say, it's even maybe even a bit of a misconception that I myself came up with the concept um, because uh, it was really an idea that just came out of the office uh, where I work uh, mm-hmm. because I'm surrounded by funny people and creative people. I should mention I work uh, for Current TV on the animated show Super News. You know, these funny people that I, that I work with um, started kind of riffing on this idea, not the idea of recording it and putting it on YouTube, but just kind of making fun of videos and um, playing. And one of the writers, um, Jonah Ray, used to play uh, YouTube videos and old uh, 80s videos, and we kind of commented on how silly some of them were, just like how weird they were. And then uh, I think it was... Um, producer uh, Steve Olson, who was the one who said, you know, that's really funny. You know, somebody should record that and then put it back on YouTube. And we all just kind of were like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. You know, and it's just one of the things that floated around for a while. And then I kept waiting for somebody to do it. And I was like, well, I'll write a few of them. And, you know, or maybe we can all write them or I don't know. And so I ended up writing a few. And then is anyone going to, you know, make one of these? I'm like, well, okay, well, I'll record. I wrote a few. I'll record one. So then I ended up recording Take On Me as the first one. And just it just kind of went from there because it was just a sort of like an office in-joke almost. And I really didn't think anyone was going to be interested other than us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I recorded it and put it up online. And that's really how the whole thing kind of came about. It was just like a one-off sort of just a silly joke. And that's it. I think the best stuff is the stuff that's that's great by accident. So that's huge. I heard it had two million views in the first two months. Is that true? That's true. And oh. then uh, that one was actually removed from YouTube for a while. It's back up. But yeah, within the first two months, it was over two million and just completely taken by surprise. You know, had no idea that people were going to be so into it. It was just such a silly little side thing. I just kind of threw together and. There you go. That is so great. I I know there's probably people out there that pay thousands, if not millions, of dollars to try to get that kind of that kind of reaction out of their content, and uh, and then you just on the side because nobody else would take action, just stumble upon it. That's awesome to me. You now, know, in fairness to everybody else in the office, they 
nobody knew it was going to be, you know, it wasn't like I said, you know what, this is going to be a big hit. I'll do it. You yeah, know, it was yeah. like, I mean, nobody knew. It was just, it was a silly idea. And you, that's the thing with these viral videos. You, you have, there's no way to predict it. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, has, has have you found any of that traffic transfer to uh, benefit your other projects? You know, your website at Dust Films? Yeah, well, it's been great exposure, um, you know, doing interviews like this. And I get to kind of plug Super News and plug my, my stuff. Um, I'm sure it's boosted traffic to my site. I don't really keep a close eye on my mm-hmm. traffic. I probably should, but um, I'm sure you know it's. I've gotten lots of new viewers and some fans. People finding my other videos and some of the other stuff I've done, as well as Super News, and so that's been great. Yeah, if anything, that's been the biggest benefit. Really, is just the exposure. Speaking of Super News, tell us a little bit about that and other projects that you're involved in, because you don't just do. Obviously, this is this is just a side project, as you mentioned. You do live action video. You do. Uh, you've done video games in the past that have been featured on on Newgrounds. Um, you know, you, you're a musician. Uh, tell us a little bit about all the other things you do besides what we know you for. Uh, well, uh, like you said, Super News um, really is the main thing um, that just takes up um, the majority of my time. Um, that's a, just a hilarious show that we have on uh, current TV, and that's like kind of a half-hour animated type of uh, look at pop culture and a little bit of politics and kind of stuff that's happening in the world with technology. And so we just touch all the bases. It's kind of a, like an animated sketch show almost. We kind of say it's like little bit SNL, like an animated SNL almost. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and then on the side, uh, just in my free time, which is just literally a little bit at night, and then on the weekends, I'm I'm just shooting live action videos, doing stuff like the you know the literal videos, um, which really don't take a lot of time, but mm-hmm. spend a lot of time shooting and editing, and uh, maybe recording some music here and there, and um, just live action comedy videos. I'm really trying to kind of get my feet wet in that arena. Uh, I've done animation for so long that um, I decided to try and test out the waters of in the live action, which is just a whole other yeah, insane kind of world. So, But I've been having tons of fun just coming up with funny ideas and just shooting it and getting it out there. And every now and then I'll do a literal video because people want them and people love them. So mm-hmm. I'm just busy doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's great to see people that can use their creativity. I I know there's no happier person than a creative person that's able to use it, and no more miserable person than a creative person that's uh, doing absolutely nothing. So that's a good way to put it. <laughs> when did you first realize that you were creative? That you were going to be someone that used your talents and skills rather than a shovel? That's a that's a funny question. I don't know. I, it's not to um, put down people who are not creative, but I. I don't know. I, I never have ever felt like anything different, um, or I never felt like special because I, I, it's always kind of just come naturally to me. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it wasn't really until I got older that I, I realized, oh, other people can't do this kind of stuff. I mean, really, the majority. I mean, I was well into being like eighteen, nineteen, twenty before I started realizing just because other people told me, oh, wow, you're really talented, or wow, you can do this, I can't do that, that it kind of dawned on me because I just kind of grew up just, you know, doing whatever and just doing, having fun with it, playing music or doing little animations or videos, and it all has just come so naturally that I just kind of grew up doing it, and 
I've just never seen it as really anything special. It's it, I only see it as being something special because other people tell me so. <laughs> but for me, it's just hey, this is I got ideas and I just do it. I, I don't know. It just kind of happens. So it's hard to say. I don't think there was a defining moment where I, I realized it in that way. It's just something I I do. But there is a point in my life where I realized okay. So I guess I got something maybe that's, you know, other people don't have here. I, the hard part is taking that and then finding a way to actually do it for a living. So right. that's the hard part. Um, so that was a kind of a realization like, okay, it's one thing to have talent. Um, that's the easy part. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me. But the hard part is doing something uh, with it where you can have a career and make a living. So Well, let's dig into that a little bit. Um when did you? I, I mean, I gotta use my imagination here a little bit. I I would imagine the first time you grabbed a VHS camera, you threw it over your shoulder, and just started making your friends and siblings be in movies. Am I am I guessing correctly? Absolutely, That's exactly <laughs> what happened. It's funny, you know my uh, my grandma now she looks back and she jokes that uh, I I used to borrow my uncle's video camera, you know the kind the heavy one that sits on your shoulder, mm-hmm. and he had expensive camera, and I was probably. I don't know, seven or eight, and um, I would make little movies with my cousins, and she would scold him for, you know, letting him use this expensive equipment. Like, what on earth was he thinking, letting this kid use this equipment? And then now, and she's one of my biggest fans now, uh, she she looks back and and laughs at that, and, okay, you knew what you were doing, (laughs) you know, so. um, But that's absolutely what I did. And to this day, I mean, you know, with the videos, the live-action stuff, um, give my friends to be involved, um, or even have my wife, you know, hey, I need you to be in a video. Okay. You know, so, well, you know, even the literal videos, um, the first one, it's got a little bit of kind of dialogue, you know, intake on me. Mm-hmm. So that's just coworkers um, and uh, myself and my wife just, you know, doing some quick voices. So that's always great. getting people involved. Yeah, from a young age. How, do you, how did you turn that uh, just that random creativity, just bored around the house, going to use what I got. How did, how did, you know, just in a nutshell, how did you turn that into a career? Well, I, I'm kind of still doing it. I feel like I'm <laughs> doing it the hard way. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I would, I, if I could do it again, I, I would have. It seems so obvious now, but I would have just while I was in high school focused more on getting into like a film school. Mm. Um, it's so silly now. Like it just seemed like ah, oh, that's just so much time. I, I don't want to go to school, I, I just want to get up and start doing it, you know, but now, all these years later, it's like, man, I could have gone to a four-year school, and that would have been, like, you know, six years ago, I would have been graduated, and maybe that would have helped, so I've been doing it the slow way, but um, I just did a lot of freelance, I guess, um, that's really what kind of got it started, because I, I was always just doing animation, uh, I'll tell you, I started doing animation because it was a way for me to produce my own little shorts, mm-hmm. Yeah, live action is just so hard, and editing equipment um, at that time, you know, it wasn't like you could just do it on the computer either. It was, you'd right. have to have an editing system. So that was kind of too complicated, but then it was um, more easy to animate um, on, on the computer um, with Flash as the program. Um, a lot of people use that for 2D animation. And uh, so I started doing that and just creating little shorts. And then over the years, just all in my free time, while I had other, you know, jobs, um, normal jobs, I guess you could say, I would just spend my free time doing animation and music and recording a lot of music, giving it to friends, doing animation. And then um, I started getting more and more offers for freelance work. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, okay, maybe I can make a little money doing this too. So that's when I actually started making money at it was I'd 
somebody would want to pay me to do maybe a four-minute animation for them. So I started mixing that in with the stuff that I was doing just purely for fun. And so really that's it. That all just kind of snowballed, and I, I did more and more freelance, and then finally I reached a point where it was like, man, I'm just so busy I, spending so much time on this job that I don't, you know, it's not creative in any way. I wish I could do this full-time, and so I just pursued seeing if I could do animation full-time, and I got real lucky um, being able to just kind of transition into that. What kind of people or type of people inspire you? I think, um, I mean, kind of broad to say, I guess, creative people, but I think the kind of creative people that inspire me are the ones that have a sort of do-it-yourself attitude. Um, You know, don't get too caught up in, like, the big budget, fancy equipment type of stuff. I really like seeing when people just have a kind of grassroots effort and mm-hmm. can stretch a lot out of a little, you know. Um, I've always kind of been that way myself, so it's inspiring to see other people, even, you know, looking at people who are even bigger names now, like, uh, I don't know, like Robert Rodriguez or recently with um, District 9, you know, and that sort of mm-hmm. uh, under-the-radar lower budget type of production that you can be still very creative with and end up having like a really cool product. So that inspires me because it makes me think, okay, maybe I'm doing something right. You don't, you don't have to have the biggest budget to do something really, really cool. So, well, I have a theory that that the less money you have, the more creativity you have to have to compensate for it anyway. And that the biggest killer of creativity is money. You had mentioned that uh, if you could go back in a, in a manner of speaking and tell the teenage version of yourself uh, what you wanted to do, you'd said uh, go to film school. Do you have any other advice for maybe these uh, uh, high school students that might be listening to the show uh, similar to yourself that have dreams and aspirations and talents and they're just coming upon it, much like an X-Man finding <laughs> that he has uh, special powers? Uh, what, what other advice would you give that young man or young woman? Um, I'd say just, uh, just don't stop pursuing it, you know, just do it. Um, and whatever it is, if it's, um, you know, arts or even animation or video, I say just get out there and start doing it, first of all. Um, but definitely, you know, look into, uh, film schools or art schools or things because that, it can't hurt. If anything, it's only going to help, um, but if that's not possible for whatever reason, just, you know, don't let that, don't let anything stop you, really. Just, just do it and, um, and don't worry about having, like, the best product every single time. That's one of the, the key things. Um, you know, one of my art teachers who I'm good friends with um, in high school, uh, she was my art teacher, and she would give us our sketchbook assignments, and she always said, you know, you don't, you don't have to paint the Mona Lisa, just sketch, you know, just do some quick sketches, and then... Don't worry about it. Turn the page and then do another sketch and just keep doing that. And so I, I to this day, I feel that way. I, I apply that to right now to the videos, the live action videos that I'm doing. Um, I kind of am treating it like my video sketchbook. So I, I recommend anybody to just doing that, whether it is literally a sketchbook or whether it's doing videos, doing animation, just make something and then, you know, be happy with it. But don't dwell on it. Just move on. Do the next thing. Um, just keep keep doing stuff and you're, you're only going to get better the more you have practice with it and you're comfortable with it. So just getting out there and doing it. Uh, I think I see that a lot in young people, especially in, in even uh, folks in their twenties where they see people that have made it 
and they see people with big budgets and big stuff and uh, they think and they freeze up because if they can't do it perfectly, they're not going to do anything at all. And uh, what I hear you saying is just jump in there and get started. And uh, yeah, and definitely don't let the technology hold you back or the oh man, I don't have the greatest equipment or whatever. You know, like one thing that always drove me crazy is that well, still does is seeing people like have too much equipment, but then making a really mediocre product, mm. and they're like, oh, well, we had this camera and we did this, and it was like, I don't care what camera, you know, like the end product isn't good. Who cares, you know? So I've always felt it's more important what you not how you did it so um if you have a little cheap camcorder which i mean you can get stuff that records even the new ipod nano records video for crying out loud you can get cheap it doesn't matter just shoot something you know and start doing video um it's so accessible now with computers so don't let the technology hold you back it doesn't have to be the greatest quality just start doing it you know any way you can Mm. uh what role if any does family and friends play in your work um, well, the, you know, my family has always been super supportive. You know, my parents encouraged me. They've always been happy with me pursuing, um, ways to use my talent and everything. So that's one thing you know, throughout my life. Um, now it's like I was saying, uh, you know, just kind of using friends and family wherever possible in actual videos or in, you know, even if it's just uh, feedback, I guess, maybe like, mm-hmm. Hey, check this, out. you know, I need like a test audience. I'll show it to friends. Um, or sometimes I'll just put the friends right in the videos if I need to. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what advice would you have for someone who wants to be more creative and then, uh, and putting that creativity to work and sharing it with other people? You know, like I always said, really to anybody who ever asked me that is just do it, you know, um, just get out there and do it. Just try it. You know, don't, don't worry about it not being good. And don't worry about, oh, what are people going to think? You know, do it you like and what how you want something to turn out you know whether it's a drawing or an animation like just do it the way you want to do it and get it out there and um you know don't think too hard about it (laughs) just do it and um get it done move on to the next thing it's great now you can just put anything you want on youtube Mm -hmm. you got an audience right there fantastic i wish i had that um 10 years ago no Um, (laughs) that's fantastic you know uh, we've got a couple of uh, listener submitted questions uh, that go right along with what you're saying. Uh, Jay Steinklobber says, "Do you create to make yourself laugh or to make others laugh?" So when you're creating, do you, does it need to entertain you, or do you you reach beyond that and do things to try to to bring joy to others? Um, that's a good question. I think I mostly just do things to make myself laugh, and I just hope that it makes other people laugh, too. <laughs> but <laughs> I think there's kind of a balance there somewhere. I always kind of keep in mind the audience's reaction or some of the fans or whatever. Um, I, I always read comments on stuff. I don't take the negative comments to heart, but mm-hmm. it's I'm happy to hear the good and the bad because that's how I learn for the next thing. And um, it helps sculpt what you're going to do next and, you know, helps the decision-making process a little bit, but you don't want to get bogged down with that either. I mean, you really just, if you have a vision, you kind of got to do it. So with super news, of course we have a TV audience and internet audience. So that's one thing, you know, that's a, that's a show and there's certain ways to approach making a show. And Mm -hmm. we, we try and make ourselves laugh um, and hope that other people do with, um, with my side stuff, the, the videos, it's more, I'm just doing what I want to do, you know, so I, I have a little bit more freedom there. 
to just try stuff. And right. I think it's funny. I don't care if anyone else thinks this is funny. In fact, I'm going to shoot one tomorrow that I honestly, I don't know if anybody's even going to care about it or like it. I just have always wanted to do it. It's a fake movie trailer. And, um, I've got it all planned out. It's in my head. I don't even know what the point of it is. It's just <laughs> funny. I just want to do it. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to do it, and I'm not going to be disappointed if nobody sees it or cares about it. Well, like you said, it's hard to predict what people will like, and so um, there is a there's a magic to doing to doing that. And with the concept of no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader, you know, if it makes you laugh, there's going to be somebody out there that finds it hilarious and and the the benefit like say of podcasting is you do what you want to do and you seem to attract people that are somewhat like you and and like the same things you do that's great advice perfect example is the literal videos because you know if you if you started censoring yourself and being like well maybe that's not a good idea i won't do that mm-hmm. you you don't know what you're missing out on and so something as wacky and off the wall um as the literal videos like could have maybe gone by the wayside but, you know, it went up, went online, and then, bam, you have, like, this sensation all of a sudden. And it's like, wow, who knew? You know, so how sad if that would have been because maybe we were too much like, oh, maybe that's not funny or are people going to like it? I don't know. Who cares if anybody likes it? We think it's funny. I'll make one. I'll put it online and then look what happens. So let me let me try everything. Let me break from the, from the, from the script here a little bit and just say, what did that feel like when, I mean, you had to have woken up some morning. Did somebody email you? Did you check stats? How did you know? I mean, what was that moment of realization that, holy crap, this is huge. It's kind of a slow build because it kept getting like bigger and bigger. Like when it got to the point where I thought it was huge. Mm-hmm. Now looking back, that was like, that was nothing. <laughs> so it, it was, it kept going and kept going. If the first time was when it, it reached 30,000 views mm-hmm. within a, like a days, which now, I mean, 30,000, that's nothing now. Right. But that's, wow, 30,000. <laughs> I think that's even like on my, on my website and my news, there's a post, wow, 30,000. Um, but then after a couple of weeks, it was like, you know, you hit refresh every now and then on, on, on page and it was going up by 30,000, like every hours, you know, or something, whatever it is, like, it started going, and then it'd be like, you hit refresh, and it's like, am I, am I seeing this right? Wait a second. You know, and it was going up by 100,000. Oh. And so then it just, it, you know, like, you know what I mean? It just went up and up. And then you can kind of, um, you know, just do a, a search online, like, uh, take on me, literal, and then you start seeing, oh, well, here's why. Every blog, it, like, mm-hmm. is posting it. A lot of real popular blogs, and then the first um, major news uh, to contact me was MSNBC, so they did a story on it, and then, and then from there, like a lot of the different people started. I just started getting emails and calls, and it just, and then it's been like that for a year. You know, it was almost a year ago um, that went up, so it's just wow. crazy. Now there's that high point, but then you got a takedown notice, or or YouTube just pulled it down. Um, because of, of somebody, somebody, some record company complaint, I'm sure. What was that like? Was that discouraging? And how was the rebound if, if there was one? Yeah, that was a bummer. And that was really early on. That was, it was only up for two months and I had just put up, um, well, you know, when the, when the first one started becoming really popular, I quickly made another one, um, head over heels. Mm-hmm. And then I had just made the third one under the bridge and then under the bridge and take on me went down and I actually didn't even get any notice or somebody 
uh, friend was like, oh my gosh, it's down through YouTube. And mm. I checked and it was down and it, it had been down ever since. And so that was just a big bummer. It was still up on other websites and um, I have all my stuff like on Funny or Die. Um, so they've been great about featuring stuff and right. that stuff, for whatever reason, never got taken down. So I, I was able to link people to that one. But I was sad that the momentum really fizzled on that one, you know, from all those views. Because at one point there, within those two months, it was the highest rated video on YouTube. Number one, not just in comedy. It was like of all time wow. for that day or whatever. So that was insane. I was so excited. So it was kind of a burst your bubble type moment, but um, it didn't stop me from, you know, just making some more. Um, and then but at that point, we started noticing that like tons of people started making them. So now I think there's like over 60 so uh, of other literal videos that people are just making, you know, just because mm -hmm. uh, it's easy, I guess, and they, they like the idea, so people are making them, which is funny. So um, it wasn't until just a couple weeks ago, I think like two weeks ago, that um, just without warning, those two videos went back up on YouTube. Huh. Uh, and you know what it was, actually? I mean, I'm pretty positive this is the reason, is that it wasn't even that they were parodies um, and that somebody got mad that we were that I used to put for the song or anything. It was those two videos in particular were owned, the song or the video or whatever, were owned by Warner Music Group. And in December of last year, Warner Music Group and YouTube had some sort of falling out. Uh -huh. So um, yes. it was actually all of their content was off YouTube. It didn't matter if it was a parody or what. All Even just all the music videos of really mainstream artists, that was all just down. So I think they must have recently come to some sort of arrangement and that's why the stuff went back up live. But that was really, people, you know, always contacted me. That's an outrage. It's a parody. You're allowed, you know, fair use law, all this stuff. And it was kind of like, well, I don't even think that was the issue with these. It was just, since they were identified as Warner Music Group content, they were down. Um, well, I, I, I love that you didn't let that stop you. I mean, everybody in, that uses their creativity is going to get discouraged at some point. Somebody's not going to like it. There's going to be a bad comment. There's going to be some jerkwad. But I think the message here is, is uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, what's the best movie you've seen in the last year? Um, I think I'm going to have to say District 9 on that one. Yeah. I, I was by that um, I was lucky enough to actually see some of the footage at Comic-Con that was the first time I really paid attention to it um, and they showed like 10 minutes of footage and I was like oh my gosh this looks awesome you know because I wasn't really interested with the trailers and the TV spots but um, went and saw the movie when it came out and loved it I thought it was fantastic and that's you know a great example of just super under the radar um, relatively low budget um, real original and the cool thing about that type of movie is it kind of goes to show that, you know, if they had a huge budget, it would have been, you know, a lot of more factors come into play. Like, the studios are way more careful. They go, like, we have to make X amount of money mm -hmm. to hoop our losses, and so that means we need to, you know, appeal to a broad audience and this and that. And, like, eh, you know, I think they made that for, like, $30 million, So it's like, okay, $30 million, just go do your thing. We don't really care, <laughs> you know. Sure, it's not that easy, but you know that's the kind of idea. So they're able to do, you know, take creative risks. Um, so anyway, I, yeah. I really when, yeah. When's when's the last time you saw an action movie uh, sci-fi without a hot chick in it? So yeah, hats off to yeah. him. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh man, that is that's kind of an impossible question. I, <laughs> I know it. Too many. <laughs> you know, it's so I, I feel like I can never just pick one. 
I mean, gosh, you, you can I, you can say Enchanted if you need to, or High School Musical. You don't have to be ashamed. I, I, you knew where I was going. It's Enchanted. <laughs> um, actually, kind of like Enchanted. It's, uh, it actually was pretty good. So yeah, that's my favorite. No, um, if I had to pick a, let's I'll pick a few. I, I love um, Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. It's like any day of the week. Um, you know, Back to the Future is my favorites. Ghostbusters. Um, really like Raising Arizona and mm. Hog Day. So th- th- that's kind of like my top five in no particular order, maybe. Or okay. Uh, what What does the future hold for, for Mr. Dustin McLean? Gosh, I wish I knew. I wish I knew that it could be doing kind of what I'm doing and uh, maybe broadening the live action stuff. Um, I'm going to, you know, hang on to Super News uh, as long as I can. That's a, uh, a fun show and it's a great uh, job so I'll, I'll ride that one as long as I can um, mm-hmm. until they tell us to stop doing it but um, after that I'd love to get into some more live action stuff um, so I feel like I'm kind of building up my live action portfolio now a little bit and eventually I'd love to get into making um, you know features longer I'd love to do you know some music videos and maybe get into some commercials that seems like a good route mm-hmm. people take kind of uh, short format and then uh, get into making some real movies I'd love to alright so directing full time that would be that'd be awesome I'd love to see that name out there um, yeah what's your what's your favorite uh, non-swear swear word like when it, it, when you hurt hmm. yourself around a child what's gonna come out I'd probably have to like hurt myself and then see what <laughs> see what comes out um, gosh um. I don't know I always love it when Chris Farley would say, son of a, and then just end it there. I always thought that was That's great. more about that than actually hearing the whole thing. So maybe I agree. That. I agree. Uh, so how do people find you um, online? Spit out some social networks. I, I don't think you do Twitter. I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I haven't, haven't jumped on that one yet. Um, well, you know, you can you can always keep up to date with what I'm doing on the front page and my news and on dustfilms.com mm-hmm. um, social network you could go um, you know I'm on Facebook so facebook.com slash Dustin McLean got that you can find me there um, I don't I can't even remember last time I logged into MySpace but mm-hmm. um, my MySpace is uh, myspace.com slash pile of dust okay so supernewscurrent.com slash supernews Make sure you go there exactly. and check out what he's got going on there. And uh, yeah, and we're getting ready to start our our um, new season of um, you know we do a weekly half hour show of animated content. That's a ton of wow. content, and we're ready to start that in a few weeks. Um, maybe October twenty third, or maybe uh, the week after. Not totally sure, but coming up soon. Very cool. Uh, one more. Any any more uh, music videos coming out? Um, I would love do more music videos. I had a ball shooting um, the one I did with uh, Jason Nash recently, the You Can't Tell Me What to Do. Mm-hmm. It, I saw that uh, today. It doesn't have views, so anybody who likes the literal videos, I'd say take a look at that one. It's not a literal video, but it's another way of me kind of skewering the music video genre. It's kind of a parody of like the Hannah Montana yes. teen pop. It's movement. scary. It scared me. <laughs> Please go watch that because it's it's really desperate for views right now, and I, I spent months on that thing. You know, these literal videos, they take, like, a couple hours to make, but 
that thing, man, all live action. So I'd love to do more stuff like that. That was a blast. Yeah. Um, and I like writing and recording music too. So I'd love to find more ways to record some stuff so I can shoot something maybe more music videos. I don't know what it's going to be. Well, yeah, it was great. I, I bought it. I believed he was 13 too. So, uh, yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. And you really did. I made a whole fake site and everything for that. That's really? You, go to, uh, you can't tell me. com. Okay. I'll <laughs> check it out. I, when I saw him website. sitting, when I saw him sitting in his bunk bed with the pillows and stuff, I'm like, dude, he's supposed to be a girl. He's supposed to be like a little teeny bobber. You know, this is freaky. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> We debated whether he should have the line where he uh, he talks about boys and he really likes boys. Yeah. Yes, but I was like, no, we just have to go for it. That's the joke. Um, <laughs> we were lucky. Um, David Techner has a cameo in that. So if anybody yes. is a fan of David Techner, he's hilarious. He is actually in that video. So yes. uh, check it out. That was great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate uh, very, very much. I was You were one of the first people that I contacted and, and the first to reply. So I really appreciate you helping us out here on I Like Genius. Uh, no problem. My, my pleasure. Guys, thanks for listening. And uh, stay tuned. You check out more of the show at ilikegenius.com. Email your feedback or anybody you'd like to see interviewed to ilikegenius at gmail.com. Till next time. Go create something today. Do that.